Hi, everyone, and welcome to the ADSR Inspirations Podcast. My name is James Mallion. I'm your host as I introduce you to inspirational and artful souls from all over the world. I'm deeply interested in music, film, the arts, achieving goals, overcoming struggles, and big ideas. So join me as we uncover some life lessons and knowledge. We're based out of Tokyo, Japan, and we'll be speaking with people from all over the world, ranging from artists, musicians, creatives, leaders, big thinkers, and those who strive to do and be great. Thanks for listening along. Now let's get inspired. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the show, or welcome back to ADSR Inspirations. As always, I'm your host, James. In today's episode, I chat with Swedish born, Paris trained, Tokyo based freelancer Mikael Seninge. And Mikael has been working based out of Tokyo for several years now as a freelance cinematographer, camera operator, and director of photography. Naturally, we get into some of his experiences working in the film industry here in Japan, some advice he has for others looking to do something similar, what keeps him motivated, some of his dreams and goals for the future, and a whole lot more. With that all said, let's get right to it then. Here's my chat with Mikhail on the freelance film life in Tokyo. Welcome back to ADSR Inspirations. And we're getting deep into our second season here. And things are, things are kind of coming around full circle. Uh, we're getting back to one of my great passions of film today. And actually, our very first episode featured a filmmaker working and living in the Tokyo area in Sam King. And we're back again with another amazing filmmaker, originally hailing from Sweden. Mikael's journey has taken him from Gothenburg to film school in Paris and eventually to the bustling metropolis of Tokyo with an impressive portfolio spanning commercials, music, narrative, and documentary film. So with all that said, please join me in welcoming to the show, Mikael Seninge. Hi. Hi, James. Thanks for coming on the pod. I know you're pretty busy and your schedule is always changing. So I appreciate you making the time to uh, talk to us here. My pleasure. Thank you. Cool, cool. So uh, I do, I do want to definitely get to your connection to Japan and how it is to live and work here as a DP or a filmmaker. Before we get to all that, I'm curious, uh, like from a young age, were you always interested in filmmaking growing up yeah i was and um i i yeah i was always interested in in film and um i uh I, like you said i i went to i grew up in mostly in belgium and uh, i grew i went to um, my hometown in sweden to study uh mechanical engineering um and uh yeah even even then i was i was i watched a lot of movies and i i I always had an interest in film and uh i would make these little short films by myself uh while studying engineering um but i never really 
had any concrete plans to make it uh, into my work. Um, but um, yeah, so I, I was doing this thing uh, that I didn't really, uh, I guess it wasn't really my thing, but I, I was, I ended up doing it. Um, and um, it wasn't until I went to Paris um, on an exchange year where I sort of became a bit more like something that could, that I could do. Uh, it seemed more accessible, um, in Paris. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So you mentioned kind of, you know, having a bit of a passion for film growing up. Um, I'm kind of curious, you know, you mentioned your hometown of Sweden and also Belgium. What, what kind of movies were you watching growing up? What was kind of, uh, captivating you? Um, I, I watched all kinds of things. I used to go to the cinema with, with my friends, uh, when we were in, um, high school and, and all that, uh, some of my friends had a car, so we would, they would, we would drive to the cinema pretty often and watch all kinds of movies that were out back then. I, I, I wouldn't really, I can't really think of any specific, but, uh, yeah. And then I, I started getting into more uh, older movies uh, like, um, you know, um, Scorsese, Brian De Palma, all that stuff. And then um, also, um, you know, the, the sort of, I guess, yeah. And, um, but um, I guess also I, I just watched everything I, I liked. Uh, I guess what I always liked is, adventure some kind of adventure um so uh, you know detective movies all that stuff <laughs> uh, yeah. i can't really think of any specific ones i watched with my friends in in high school and all that but um yeah uh, i was always interested in some kind of adventure uh, element in them um mm -hmm. so I'm I'm a bit curious, you know, I've never been to uh I've never been to Sweden or Belgium myself. Like is it are Hollywood and American like English language movies pretty prevalent or is it a lot of European movies? Um like what was what was it like to access uh some of these movies at this time? Yeah, it was I guess also because I went to a <clears throat> um Scandinavian school in Belgium. My, um, my friends were all Swedish or Norwegian. Um, and, uh, English was definitely, I mean, we all spoke English. So we, and, and those American movies or English speaking movies were definitely among the most popular. Uh, I guess maybe that's all we watched. Basically. Uh, we didn't watch many French movies. I, I watched French movies with my parents or, at home and things. Uh, mm -hmm. but, um, um, with what I chose to watch, it was mostly American movies or uh, English mm -hmm. movies. Um, and, um, yeah, so those are popular there for sure. And, um, I guess especially, especially in Sweden, there's a film industry there. There's a lot of good movies being made in Sweden, but, um, Sweden is very, uh, influenced by, um, America, I guess. Uh, so American movies are very popular in Sweden. 
um, as well as the, the domestic ones. But um, yeah, and um, yeah, right, right. So you briefly mentioned like um, sort of trying to make your own movies a little bit and experimenting a little bit. When when were you first uh, like? When did you first have a camera, or when were you first playing around with making videos or making, um, you know, film stuff uh, on the side? Was this kind of around those years, or a little bit later? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, that was when I lived in Sweden. I, I I had a just a little compact stills camera, that a uh, photo camera that I would uh, sometimes film little scenes with music on top i would there would be i would be listening to music and there would be music that i uh that i was very inspired that i liked and i it created some visual uh triggered some visual uh, uh things that could could go with it that i could film so i would film those and sort of edit little videos of sometimes filming myself or 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 just things around around where i lived and um but it wasn't it, it wasn't anything i showed to anybody or anything it was just sort of i guess my, uh learning uh and and because I, I i was doing something completely different uh and i was very bored with it uh i was studying mechanical engineering which i guess i had a natural ability to <clears throat> to do but i wasn't studying much really uh so i wasn't doing too well and uh, yeah, uh, I, it, I wasn't in a very good place. And, um, I guess, uh, those kind of things, I had a lot of time because I wasn't studying that much. So I would, I would, uh, play guitar and, uh, film things. And yeah, <laughs> that was sort of more fun to me than studying engineering. Right. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, just like the engineering thing, you just kind of felt like that was the path that you should take or you kind of had people sort of pointing you in that direction or what was, what was the initial thing that led you to engineering? Um, my dad was an engineer. You could say he wasn't a very technical engineer, uh, but he, he had an engineering background. Um, so what I ended up doing, studying mechanical engineering is much more technical and, um, uh, calculating, you know, forces and materials and all that, and um, physics, which is very technical, and I, I didn't like it that much. I, especially, I couldn't see myself. I, I couldn't imagine myself working, doing this for a job, calculating uh, uh, ball bearings and all that that I was learning. So I guess I, I try to sort of go more to a generalistic direction while I was studying uh, in engineering. But and and so I ended up going into logistics, which to me seemed more uh, like more interesting. Um, and then and then I went to Paris uh, one year, studied, and I did internships there. And uh, then I again I realized that uh, that I, it wasn't for me. I couldn't see myself working um, in those companies that I was interning in. So. Um, and I, I rem one thing I remember one moment that was very clear was, um, when I was intern doing an internship at, uh, in Paris, I, um, one of my colleagues who was maybe 10 years older than me, he got a promotion and, 
and he was really happy and there was like everybody gathered and and i remember thinking that uh, this is this is not exciting and this is so depressing uh like this yeah, is gonna yeah, be yeah. me in 10 years and so i was uh, those moments kind of told me that this wasn't for me and and then because i wasn't very motivated i wasn't doing too well and then I would have these meetings with my, you know, uh, superior and she wasn't, I wasn't performing and everything because there was a, even though I was an intern, there was a high, um, high, they required a lot of, from me, uh, to perform mm-hmm. and to work hard and everything. And because I wasn't into it, I, I wasn't able to perform well and worse and worse because the more time went, the, the less I was interested in, um, uh, selling these, I mean, in the end selling these products and uh um so so i guess yeah that helped me take the step away from that and and get into more of the unknown with uh something else which was filmmaking right so when was it that you made the decision okay i'm done with this i'm gonna try to enter film school was it just like right around this time then were you starting to like apply to schools or something yeah exactly so i i guess as soon as i arrived in paris i was well so i I was a student and um i would see there would be there would be film shoots on the street uh i would see it often Uh, in paris you see it pretty often so i would I would see they would be filming a movie somewhere on the on the side of the river or whatever and i would i would often stop and watch and i was really fascinated by it and um i thought it was really cool and um but then yeah and then but it's still it was it's difficult when when you've studied for four years something and just stop and do something else so i it was really hard it, it wasn't easy to to get away from what i was doing even though I clearly wanted to do something else, but, uh, um, I guess what, what helped in a way was I had a really bad time at that last internship I did. Uh, it was supposed to be a year of, of internship and I, I quit after six months. Um, and I was very depressed. I was, it was very tough. Um, uh, it was, so I, 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 uh, yeah, I, 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 dropped out of that and and decided to try to get into a film school uh after the summer uh, so i had six months before the the school year would start um and then the yeah the problem was that those were pretty expensive uh those film schools and um so i had to ask my parents and and family to help me which before up up until then because in sweden the education system is pretty much free so and they have student loans that are very advantageous so basically i could support myself almost uh up until that point but at that point i would have to ask you know for help which was very difficult i didn't want to want to do it but uh i was i felt really Mm -hmm. stuck and and where i had to do something and so i asked my parents and they wanted me to finish my you know engineering thing first uh before doing something else <laughs> but i didn't want to spend another year or whatever it was doing that so and also i didn't want to go back to sweden uh i was really happy and i mean i wasn't happy but i was i felt more i, I like paris um 
So I didn't want to go back to Sweden and I didn't want to go back to studying engineering. So, yeah. So I, I, I asked them and at the end they agreed. Um, uh, one of the things that, one of the things that helped was that I got an accreditation for a bachelor's, uh, bachelor of science, uh, like a three year uh, thing. I was supposed to study five years, but I got a bachelor of science, which I guess helped a little bit for them. For me, it didn't matter, but for them, it helped that I had a diploma. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but um, but yeah, so they agreed in the end, and and I got some help to 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 do that, and so I went to film school for three years. And uh, yeah, and I guess um, another thing is that uh, when I grew up and when I lived in Sweden, um, working in film or any kind of uh, creative or, or our arts, uh, job seems, seem completely, um, implausible or, or in, in, um, how do you say it seemed impossible to me because I didn't know anybody who did it. I, in Sweden, the film industry is very small. So I remember looking in at, at film schools, but it was, it, I don't remember, but it was like 20 people every year, uh, got in or something. It seemed just, too impossible so but but that changed when i went to paris it was much more it seemed more like something that could happen uh and especially Mm -hmm. some of these film schools like the one i went to basically you only have to pay and then you get in it's it's not it's not that difficult to get in and um but i kind of if i wanted to do this that was the way to do it because i didn't know anybody or in in that world or anything so that was my only uh way to to go towards that direction so yeah so i went to film school and um the thing with film school i think is that um yeah you learn some things and i i learned like you were asking what movies i I used to watch and but and that definitely one of the things i got from film school is that i was exposed to movies that i didn't watch by my on my own like we would watch everything the whole film history basically or we would have classes on the whole film history and and we would see uh, parts of movies from from the silent films, and then every decade, every big movement in cinema. Uh, so we would watch scenes from you know Buster Keaton movies or uh, or uh, Fritz Lang, and and then like the French New Wave and you know American New Wave, and then um, and then more recent things, um, Italian movies things like that, that that I'd never seen before. So that was one, a really great thing about film school was uh, being forced to watch these things that are important, but that are kind of difficult to watch by yourself if, if you're not really mm. that type. But, um, uh, and then, yeah, and then, so that's one of the good things. One of the things I got from film school. The other thing is um, contacts that could give, could, um, give me job opportunities later, which because film school isn't, uh, you, you don't get a, a job in the same way you would if you're an engineer or something. Um, it's all about yeah, meeting people and getting hired for jobs. So I would do internships, uh, like film internships while I was in film school, help my f- friends out on, on their short films and things and, um, sort of do that as much as possible. And, um, even you know that was sort of much more important than going to class so i would miss class if something like that came up uh that was completely 
uh, obvious that that was the those were way more important. So yeah, so through that I made I I I made some I learned things and I uh, met some people that later on gave me uh, jobs or hired me for jobs. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So yeah, it sounds like you know you're sort of turning your life around. You were kind of happy with what you're doing and you're going through film school, making contacts. And then I guess you finish that up. It's the three years or whatever. And you've been doing some projects, working with people. Um, what, what was kind of the next step in your head? Like, did you think you were going to be living and working in Paris or um, what, what was sort of your plan, you know, you're finishing up and what were you thinking after that? Um, so I, I wanted to work um, in the camera department. So I worked first as a camera intern um, and then as a camera assistant um, on movies, TV shows and, and things like that in, in Paris. Um, and then I guess I, I worked there for maybe four years or something before I came to Japan, um, after film school. And, um, so I, I mean, before I came to Japan, I didn't really have any, any plan to go somewhere else. I was going to stay in Paris and, uh, um, yeah, just keep keep working. I would I would work on larger projects um, as a camera assistant, and then I would um, shoot short films and, and different things um, um, or uh, corporate films and everything. Um, um, so I would do the, those two things after film school and a little bit during film school, and um, and then. Yeah, so that was, the plan was just to keep going and doing that, uh, and and learning and and working on different projects and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, right. So you were you were doing all that, and I guess like it seemed to be going pretty well. And I guess like you said, your focus was more uh, on the camera work at that point yeah. and working as a assistant and. Uh, gaining some skills, experience, and all that. Um, when so, like you said, you're kind of happy in Paris. When when does uh, Japan come into all this? Then, um, so I first visited Paris, uh, Japan in in 2016, and um, I didn't. I had. I didn't have a plan to to come live here or anything, but. Uh, um, I, I I liked it, and I, I I guess I didn't know that much about Japan when I came here. I was mostly curious. Uh, I had just finished a I guess a month or something of sh- uh, filming in Paris, and and thought, okay, I'm gonna go on a on a holiday. And I looked at different places. It, it, there, there was never something specific about Japan, but Japan I guess was always one of the places I was curious to to go to. But I remember. I was thinking about Korea. I was even thinking about Greece and things like like that <laughs> at that time. So it was it was kind of uh, it could have been some other place, but uh, 
yeah, so I decided to, uh, I guess I found tickets and everything. I, and, uh, and I decided to go to, to Japan and also it was, I was turning 30. Um, and I, I arrived on my 30th birthday. I, I intentionally didn't want to be at, at home on my, when I turned 30, I didn't want a big deal about it. So I, I was, I spent my birthday with unknown people when I first <laughs> arrived at the hostel, nobody knew it was my birthday. So, mm-hmm. um, so, and, and I almost missed it because I arrived right on the, on the morning of my birthday, but I initially, I wanted to arrive a bit earlier, but I, that was like the cutting point where I needed to arrive on my birthday at, la- at latest. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so I, that, and then, um, uh, and then I went back to Paris and then I, uh, I found out that I could get a one year holiday visa here, working holiday visa. So I thought, no, okay, I, I can, it's possible. Um, um, so I did that and I came back and stayed one year and then I changed to another visa and kept saying since 2017, I've, I've been here. Um, and, um, yeah, there wasn't any, I mean, it was going pretty well in Paris. It was pretty, pretty tough. It's very competitive. It was, it was pretty tough, uh, started like starting, start getting into the, the business and everything was a bit difficult, but, um, um, but it was, it was good. It was going well and it was exciting. Um, but I guess I was a little bit tired of Paris, uh, at that point. Um, so, so it felt, I, I enjoyed going to a new place and, uh, and Japan, which is, I mean, Tokyo, which is very different from Paris, um, in many ways. So yeah, that, that worked out. And then, and then, yeah, I didn't know anybody here work-wise. So I had to little by little, um, find work. And, um, the first year I was here, I still had my apartment in Paris, which I, uh, rented out a little bit. Um, cause I, I didn't know if I, if it was going to work, I, I was ready to go back after six months or something if, if, if it didn't work. Uh, because also the longer I stayed away from Paris, the more I would lose my contacts in Paris. So, um, yeah, so I didn't know, but it, it ended up going well and the projects were interesting and, uh, it was, I enjoyed living here. So I just, I stayed here and, uh, I've been here ever since. Right. Yeah. The rest is history. (laughs) So I'm, I'm a bit curious then, you know, like for someone who may have done film school in another country or has a bit of experience working in other film industries and then, you know, makes a big jump like yourself, how, how was that initial period? Like, how was it? Um, you mentioned like, what was that 2017 when you had that one year mm-hmm. visa? Um, how was it initially like, you know, looking for jobs in the film industry and how was it finding work? Um, it was, it went quicker than I thought I, I was able to, because also I didn't speak Japanese, uh, almost no Japanese. So in the beginning, I would study Japanese a little bit, uh, but it's it's difficult to to have Japan, uh, language classes when when you're working as a freelancer because you can't have fixed times where you're going to have classes. Really, uh, I mean it's difficult, and so I I found a system where I could study pretty flexibly and 
So I did that for maybe the first year or something or six months. I don't remember, but so I would learn a little bit, but it's still, my Japanese wasn't good at all. And, um, so yeah, that, that was also a thing where I didn't know how, how that was going to work out, but luckily, um, um, there's quite a lot of international projects, um, coming, people coming to Japan or, 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 or companies based in Japan that are international. So I ended up working with those projects and, and my Japanese wasn't much of an issue. Of course, it would be better if I spoke Japanese well, but, uh, I was able to, um, to work without speaking Japanese. And, uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, that was very unknown when I first came here. I didn't know what was going to happen, but it ended up being okay. I, I found ways to, to, to get work without speaking Japanese. Yeah. Mm-hmm, right. So like, I'm curious, how, how would you, uh, how would you find some of these jobs? Like, how did you make the connections? Um, how did you meet up with people? Uh, like what was your process for searching for these jobs? Yeah, at first I was, I, I was just Googling, uh, uh, production companies and, um, um, fixers, which is, um, sort of their companies who, who help foreign, uh, projects that come to Japan, they help them with the, the logistics and, and crew and gear and all that. And so I would, I, got in touch with, with those companies and, and that I, I ended up working with, with us more and more. Um, so in the beginning, um, yeah, I didn't know anybody. And then I just contacted people and I ended up, um, uh, working with more and more people. And, um, um, but yeah, in the beginning it was, that, that was, that was it. I was, I had went online and I was searching for everybody foreign or, or international, that was in Japan and, or where it looked like I could work without speaking, uh, Japanese and, and I would, uh, send emails and, uh, go, go meet people. And yeah, that was how it right. started. Right, right, right. Yeah. So you, you were able to make it work, obviously. Um, was there like, was there some struggles like in the first little bit or like, was it like a, it was going like well enough, I guess. Then the year was coming up at the end of uh, your visa, and then I guess your lease on your apartment in Paris. Like, was there mm. some moment when you finally thought, "Okay, yeah, this is going to work here in Japan," um, or like, you know, I'm going to be able to, you know, make it? Yeah, um, yeah. I guess. I mean. Yeah, within maybe after six months, I was already working probably enough. I mean, I, enough to sort of support myself, I guess. Uh, I mean, I had some savings and things, so I don't remember exactly the point where where it seemed stable. But uh, um, I think, yeah, when I when after one year, when I had when I um, let go of that apartment, I. Uh, I, um, I must've, yeah, I mean, I was, I was working enough and everything. So I, I could do that. I went back to Paris and, uh, moved out of that apartment. Um, so I guess, yeah, 
within a year it it, it was okay and then uh, because I had a one-year visa, I had to apply for a new one, and uh, um, and that, yeah, of course, those moments were a bit. I guess the visa thing is something I'd never thought about before because you know, living in Europe, uh, I was living in Sweden and then France. There was never any visas. Um, I could go live anywhere in Europe if I wanted to uh, without any of those issues. So that's kind of stressful living here. Is that um, uh, even when I renewed the second time, I was still a bit nervous because then it's even worse because I had a you know an apartment. I had my whole life was here, and uh, but they could just decide that now you have to leave now if they want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because I don't have a typical, uh, I don't have a, someone sponsoring my visa. It's self-sponsored, so it feels a bit uncertain now. I, I don't feel as nervous about it anymore, but, uh, but it's, but even now I, I mean, you know, it's, it feels weird to have to, uh, to, that they could just decide that, you know, you have to leave now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, especially, um, you know, doing the freelance thing like yourself, there's always a mm. little bit of that, uh, uncertainty, did did you always kind of um did you always like the freelance style of things like or did you ever have an idea or oh, maybe I could get uh, hired by a company and then um I wouldn't have to I wouldn't have to have the freelance thing always in the back of my mind or did you kind of like the freedom that came with uh working freelance Uh yeah I always liked the the freelance um uh thing and so yeah ever since i i did my last sort of student job working in a um, uh, organic grocery shop i i never had a, a stable job um so i uh, in paris i was always freelance and here i've always been freelance and i don't want to uh I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm okay. I want to keep doing it, but, uh, um, yeah, I, but I, of course it's, it's not easy and, um, and, and it's uncertain and, um, um, it's a little bit stressful sometimes when, when, when you don't know when the next job is going to be and, and all that. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want to work full time or part time for a company. I think uh, because that would, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's just not possible. I would have to say no to so many freelance projects. So it, mm -hmm. it never, it never seemed like something that was possible. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess, like, I guess in the beginning when I was interested in working as a in film. Uh, uh, that was also one of the things that I thought was um, exciting and interesting to be f to work freelance and not go work at the same place every day and all that, uh, like you know, like my dad had done, and and so that uh, and 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 also when I was doing those internships, in engineer, uh, while I was studying engineering, um, not doing that was um, seemed attractive to me uh, at the at the same time that filmmaking seemed attractive to me. So they kind of, in, in my mind, they go together and, uh, 
and um yeah i mean even even emotionally it can be pretty tough uh just something i would never have imagined but that i often feel especially if i worked for a longer period on a project whenever that project finish finishes um while i'm working on it i i I look forward to uh, downtime and being done with it even even though i enjoy working on it but whenever i would finish a longer project and sort of have downtime i would always feel very depressed Um, um so that's something and I've talked to other people. I remember when I was work, doing one of my first film internships, I worked on a movie for two months. And I remember ta- like there was a electrician I was talking to and a lighting person. He, he, I think he burst into tears and at, towards the end. And he was kind of a tough guy, tough looking guy. And, uh, and, and he had been doing it for a while. And, uh, and, I thought that was because I also felt sad that it was over and because you get really close to these people, especially on if it's for two months or, or for mm-hmm. a longer period, you get really close to these people and you work with them and you're very, it's very intense. And so you, it's, it's, it's tough, but it's also, there's something very, um, very, very um, satisfying about it. And when it's over, it feels very empty and, uh, and um so yeah i've seen people cry on 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 sort of rap parties when when a film project or a tv show is over uh, so that's something uh that i because i saw that so early i was he he had been doing it for a while so i thought how how he hasn't figured it out by by now like these ups and downs and and i realized that 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 it is like that and it's it I guess you can learn to deal with it, but it's, it is pretty, you, you feel very useless when you're done with something because you're useful while it's happening. And then all of a sudden you're, you feel completely useless. And so that is pretty tough. And, and here I've mostly worked on relatively short projects Uh, in Paris. I was working for sometimes for a month or, or something like that. And whereas here I've been working on shorter uh, projects. So it's, it's different, but, uh, but yeah, that, so that's something that's tough, but it's also, well, that's part of what's exciting about it. Um, that, that you go, you finish something, you feel useless and you don't know what's going to happen next year. You're in the unknown again. And, and then you have, and then something comes up and then it's excited. You're excited about something again. And so it's, it's very up and down and, and, um, it's, yeah, sometimes it's can be hard. Um, even not just, financially but just emotionally it's mm. it can get tough but exciting mm. so it's both <laughs> sure 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 yeah i suppose <laughs> like you said that's just the nature of it and regardless how long you've been at it that's just something you have to come to accept with uh the industry yeah. and uh yeah. what you chose to do um right. so you've got you've got like a little bit of experience working in France, working in Paris, and now you're building up your experience here in Japan. Um, did you have like any, like, I'm curious, like what was your exposure to like Japanese film or like the Japanese film industry? Like before you came here, did you have, um, like, 
much exposure to Japanese film, film history? Did you kind of like know the major studios or like how film projects worked here or you didn't have uh, too many expectations coming in? I had, um, I, I had watched Japanese films and I guess that was one of the reasons why I was curious about Japan is when I, I, I discovered them uh, in what, what I was uh, talking about earlier about we had a film history class every week in film school in the, in the, at least in the first year, maybe only the first year. And then, so the teacher would go through from the very big, like the Lumiere brothers in, in late 1800s up until now and have a class about different uh, filmmakers. And so, yeah, one of the classes was about um, uh, Takeshi Kitano, which who's, who's a big Japanese filmmaker who's in Japan, he's mostly known as a comedian, but in, in Europe, well, I guess maybe mostly in France, he's well known as a, he's a respected uh, filmmaker um, who's, you know, very, very respected. And, um, and, uh, so I, I really, I, I got introduced to his films and, and I, I really liked his films a lot. Um, they're, they have, uh, a roughness to them, but they also have a very poetic, something very poetic about them, which, which is very, it's a, if I would, uh, sort of summarize what, how I feel about his movies. It's something very tough. Like some of them are about the Yakuza or the police or, or stuff like that, or something. Um, it's, it's tough environments, but there are some very uh, beautiful poetic things in that. So it's a very, um, it's the juxtaposition of those two things are very strong. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I feel so I, I, I like those movies and uh, we also, I also was introduced to, you know, the, the older ones from the fifties and sixties, like Kurosawa and, and all mm -hmm. those, um, filmmakers. Um, so yeah, I had a little, I, I knew, so I'd seen some Japanese movies and, uh, I was aware a little bit about the, the Japanese film history, but, um, um, I didn't know anything about the film industry though. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I have worked on some um, Japanese uh, TV series and film projects, and um, it is very different, for sure, from the, the sort of French or American film system. It's very, very, very different in many ways, and uh, um, it's it, it can be tough at times to adapt to something that's very different. Uh, like there's differences in in the film industry in France versus UK or or US or Australia or or different other Western uh, countries, but uh, but the difference between those and Japan are much greater. Uh, so mm -hmm. so yeah, it it is difficult also because when I was worked, I guess I worked on a TV show one time uh as a camera assistant pretty early on when i after i came to japan and i worked on some commercials as well where i was the only foreigner and um and so the language thing of course i, I didn't really understand what was going on sometimes so it's that 
that made it more difficult. But then also the way of working is very different and uh, um, it can be tough. Mm. Can you, I guess, could you speak to some of those differences you noticed or like, you know, if people are, you know, coming fresh from, you know, overseas, what are, what are some of the things that might kind of strike them as a lot different than uh, their home system? Mm. Well, I guess one thing, because I, I, I was trained as a camera assistant in a very, um, I guess you would say traditional or, or disciplined way uh, in, in Paris. So I was, I was very used to a certain discipline in, in working as a camera assistant and certain way of working. Um, um, and then when I came here, uh, things were, uh, some things are, are the same, but some things are very different. Uh, um, it's just little things like which, who, who does what, I mean, one thing in, in, in the, on a film set is that, uh, it, it has, if it feels a little bit like military sometimes where, where, uh, uh, people give, it's not give orders, but you know, it's very short, like, uh, cause everything has to happen very quickly and, and everybody knows what they're doing. So there's a very, there's a hierarchy and there's, um, Everybody, I mean, one of the reasons I'm guessing is, for example, for me, who, who was working as a camera assistant is um, if I work, because I'm a freelancer, I work with different crews, then I have to be able to work with different crews. They can't work completely differently each time. Otherwise, it would be really difficult to each time adapt. You have to adapt a little bit, but the basics are always the same. So in Japan, those basics are a little bit different. Uh, certain things that I would do, I, I wouldn't, I wasn't at, required to do them anymore, or I, I or different things. Uh, and that 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 also happens between um, American versus French. There's some differences there, but um, and also another thing that I noticed working as a camera assistant is that I felt like the, there was a little bit less of a appreciation for for it uh it because for example uh, well the the first camera assistant on on a on a film is um his main role is to to make sure everything's in focus right so he's manually focusing and it requires a lot of concentration and uh and skill and, and all that i feel like there's a little bit somehow i felt like there's less appreciation for that here whereas in in when I was working in France, I remember people would kind of stay away and, and give them give the the focus puller sort of his space and peace and be careful not to talk right next to him and things like that uh, because it requires a lot of concentration. Um, I don't know if 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 it's necessarily like that. Also, the mm. the, the pay you know it's it, they would be pretty well paid on a on a fi- on a French film production. Um, so it felt like, mm. and, and I've noticed here that because, uh, because I've had camera assistants that, uh, young Japanese camera assistants, and I feel like there's, it's less appealing to them, uh, because of that, because it's less of a mm. thing to, to do as a career. So that's something I noticed where, uh, which, which was, I guess, good for me because I, I, I got some, some jobs, uh, because I, I was, you know, well-trained doing it. So already, and, uh, 
um, and here it's not very, it doesn't seem like a very popular thing to do. Um, so I guess that's one of the differences. And, um, and then also who the roles of all the people in the crew is, are slightly different or overlapping kind of, it's not exactly the same, but I mean, you can adapt to it. The basics are there, so you can adapt to it for sure. And especially, uh, if you speak Japanese, I mean, then, then for sure you can adapt to it. Uh, and, and, and yeah, it's, it's different, but it's, you know, it, it's fine. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. I think, yeah, those are some good points. Um, I guess speaking more towards like maybe some like learning experiences or like if, if you made some mistakes that maybe like other people, would learn from if they're like new to Japan, looking to get into the film industry. Can you, can you like recall, um, you know, something, some advice you might tell someone or like if you had a few like experiences that stick it in your head as, uh, it's like, well, you know, I'll, I'll never do that again or, okay, I'll make sure to remember that. Well, I mean, uh, one thing that I've learned is to, to be more patient. Um, um, because, uh, I think, uh, I, I don't know. It depends probably on, on each person and where you come from, but, uh, I feel like, um, um, because things work differently here. Um, sometimes I've been very impatient and I should have been more patient and I've learned to become more patient, uh, um, because there's, it doesn't matter if I'm, if I'm impatient or not, uh, things will take their time. And, you know, like for, um, I mean, there's like France has a reputation of, you know, the 39 hour work weeks and all that. Um, I, I read something recently about that where it, it's kind of famous and it, it's often portrayed as if French people are lazy because they work so little, um, uh, but uh, I I rec- recently read an article. It wasn't a French article. It was English speaking article, and it was saying that uh, that's not that's one way of looking at it. But you could also look at it at it that French people are very efficient. Um, mm. And I don't know if that's necessarily true with everything, but definitely on on film shoots, I felt that things were much more efficient on on French film shoots. In, mm. Like if I generalize or generalized, there's of course many exceptions, but there's a, because, uh, film shoots have, there's always not enough time, uh, because, uh, well, I don't know the, the details, but money has to do with it. And then at the end, what, uh, what happens is that you're always doing slightly more than what you have time to do. So you have to be every every hour is uh very precious and i felt that working in france here i feel like sometimes things take too much time and sometimes nothing is happening and i don't know why maybe i i don't maybe it's because i don't understand what language wise but sometimes i feel like things take very long and Mm. I, i i don't i don't think it's necessarily bad it's just that's the way it is but because i was used to everything has to be really fast and, and, uh, and you can't lose any time because we only have this amount of time and then production has to pay overtime and all that. Uh, it's going to be very expensive. So I was always trained to be very fast and efficient, even though there was no rush. Maybe I was always trained to be like really as quick as possible and, and 
you know, do things properly, but quickly. And uh, it's, there is that here for sure, but I've had experiences where suddenly nothing's happening and, and uh, I, I, I can't, I don't know why. And, and to me, it just looks, even though I don't understand, maybe something was said that I didn't understand, but it just looks, I've never seen that in, in France before. And, and it's just a different way of working and I, I don't judge it at all. It's, it's just, mm-hmm. I've learned to be more patient with those things mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't understand them. And it's partly because I don't understand Japanese very well. So, or, yeah. and also it's a cultural thing, which, you know, it's, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, I guess it's generally when you go to a different place, uh, I mean, Sweden and France have big differences and you always have to adapt to, to the, the rhythm and uh, the way people take decisions and, and all that. So I would say be patient. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's cool. That's, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And I think not necessarily having the same expectations, you could have like any number, you know, of years of experience working in one industry. And then when you come over to another one, you, you can't necessarily place, you know, those expectations on this new industry mm-hmm. that you don't have experience in. Um, That's right. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. And part of it is, is the, the part of it is the, per, the, 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 the person, you know, going somewhere, where he's a, an outsider, it's partly it's that person's ignorance to the, the system where he is or, or his learning that's still in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, there's nothing, it's not, there's no one that's better than the other. It's just different and, and, uh, and you have to learn to adapt to it and, uh, yeah, be patient right. when things, when you don't understand things. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Adaptation seems to be a big thing yeah. um i'm, I'm, I'm sure you you've had those experiences too uh, in sure in uh living here for a few years is you have many things are very different from where we come from even though we come from different places uh, yep yep definitely yeah it's a good <laughs> it's a good trait to have you know when you're living abroad uh for sure uh i'm i'm curious like from i guess like from the get-go like you mentioned um wanting to work with the camera, camera operator, assistant. Uh, I know you've done like um, DP work. Um, would you say like that's where you want to like keep your focus in filmmaking? Have you had like ideas on branching out into other aspects of filmmaking? Um, is that kind of like where you see like your passion in filmmaking for the foreseeable future? Uh, yeah, I that's how I see it. Um, I think it's, uh, well, I still have a lot to learn and, and, uh, there's still, uh, it's, it's pretty endless, uh, in that department only. Uh, so mm-hmm. I don't really have any right, right now desires to do anything else. Um, but, um, I guess just keep learning and keep, uh, working with different people and, uh, mm um being in new situations new new challenges um that's how i see it right 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 like in terms of yourself like personally how is it that you find yourself like progressing learning new skills is it like when you're working with new people 
they might ask something different of you or do you have um, certain ways that you like you study to try and get better or like w- what's your process for always kind of continuing to learn and uh, improve your skills? Um, yeah, I guess um, I guess I, I always try to build on on the knowledge and uh, experience that I already have and that can be through um, reading things or, or um, about specific things that I, I feel I'm lacking in or or just reading generally I have some books that I sort of the basics sometimes I'll just open them up and read things because uh, I haven't really read those kind of basics since I was in film school or since very uh, early on um i'll also watch movies i look at photos and uh um and try to understand things and uh and then also um yeah the the projects i work work on are also an opportunity to learn because i mean the good the the products projects that are the most interesting to me are the ones where i feel like I have, I, I'm not, I, there's things I can learn, meaning there's, uh, I'm not hundred percent. I haven't done this hundred percent or, or I, I don't know how to do 20% of what I'm going to be required to do or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to have to study on those 20% that I, I haven't been exposed to or, or, um, uh, it can be more than 20%, but, uh, f- sort of, well, that comes kind of automatically if I have a project and I, I see that, oh, I haven't done this specific thing before or or this, I have to approach this in a certain way. I don't know how I'm going to approach it. I'm, I have to, uh, you know, read the material and think about it and um, look for, look at some inspiration and um, to come up with something um, that, that fits, uh, for example, a script or, or something. And uh, mm-hmm. so I, I think... Yeah, that I, that will often happen. Where if I have a project, I will I will feel a pressure to to fine tune certain knowledge that that I'm maybe I'm lacking in or something, mm-hmm. or also to reduce my my nervousness. I will uh, I will try to visualize things and uh, maybe study them or watch some video of someone doing it or whatever, and mm-hmm. to sort of reduce my my uh, nervousness for it uh because yeah I, that's part of the preparation and and ideally all projects have that uh something that's unknown where you can grow uh if every project would be something i already done before that would be that wouldn't be great so yeah. and uh, yeah the i guess i guess to me that the most of the learning comes from doing and uh most of the learning comes from doing something I haven't done before or in a different situation. So mm. yeah. um, it comes from doing, I mean, you, you get the experience doing it and then you also before that have to learn how to do it or, or study or uh, think about it. Because mm-hmm. if I, if I don't, if I don't have a situation I'm going to be in, I don't really feel the pressure to, to, to learn about how to deal with that. Whereas if I, if it's, if it's in the future, if it's in three weeks, then I feel a pressure to, you know, learn how to do that. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Would you say for yourself, like the current, the current, um, role that you play in productions and I get, I guess it's a certain niche. Would you, would you say like it's competitive? The industry is really competitive for exactly, um, the jobs you're going for. Um, would you say there's something that maybe separates you from others in the industry? Um, or is there like enough jobs to go around? Like how, how would, how do you kind of feel about that? Well, I don't know. I think, uh, I think everyone has their own, uh, um, way of their own style or whatever you want to call it or, or their own taste. And, uh, and, you know, uh, some people might connect well in terms of taste or temperament or whatever it is. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, and because it's all like collaboration, right? That's one of the things I like about it. It's that it's, uh, it's not a thing you sit and do by yourself. You, it starts by someone sitting and writing by themselves. But, um, if I'm, if you're talking about a narrative project, it starts by someone sitting writing by themselves having ideas and then different people having separate ideas and and then they all come together and it's 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 unavoidable <laughs> there's going to be uh many people working together and uh um and that that's part of what makes the um, uh, the initial ideas are going to change a lot when people get involved in different stages during filming during editing post-production all that and um that's also one of the things I like is that it's many people from different, um, um, many different types of people like, um, like, you know, camera people are kind of, um, one type of person. And there's art people, you know, uh, decorate that are decorating or making sets and all that. They're completely different. They're, Mm. they're not interested in cameras and things and and gear (laughs) or they're interested in different things, right. And, in building things and painting or whatever. And then there's makeup people and there's all these sound and and everything. They're all kind of different types of people. And of course everyone's individual, but there's different categories of people coming together and, and then actors of course are are another thing. And then that, that's really amazing. Uh, And then all these people work together. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, people you get along with or, or people mm-hmm. you have a similar, well, I mean, it could, you don't necessarily have to really get along. It could be that you have a similar taste or, or you can understand each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, that's a lot, that's a lot of it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's how I see it. And uh, um, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if there's necessarily com- competition. Uh, it's, yeah, I don't think that's really, uh, not from, not from our, our point of view anyway, or, mm. or from, from the, the crew members, maybe mm. at the, the companies, maybe they're seeing it in that way. I don't know, but, uh, but not from really from my perspective anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like that. It's more like everyone brings something a little bit different and it's all kind of a collaboration and yeah. depending on who you're working with, it could be something different, different personality types. Um, 
And I, I guess, you know, like if someone's going to bring you on that you've got like a pretty extensive portfolio now. So they kind of know in a sense what your style is or what they're kind of getting when they hire you mm. to a certain extent. Right. Um, and whether that's yeah. going to work with exactly what they want as well. Right. I guess so. Yeah. I don't, I haven't really <laughs> thought about it that much, but yeah, I mean, I, for sure. Yeah. It, uh, what have you done? Right. And what's your taste? Cause I guess a lot of it has to do with taste and, uh, and then yeah, abilities. Right. Um, I guess mm. that's, and then, but, but then also the personal uh, aspect of it. If you, if you meet someone who you get along with, uh, mm. I mean, many, uh, yeah, I guess many times I've worked with people I, I get along with and, and we have similar tastes, we have similar references. Uh, so if, if they talk about something, I understand uh, what they mean um, because I, I like those things that they like and so on. So it's also very uh, personal, but it depends who you're talking. If you're talking producer, uh, director mm-hmm. and so on, it's all different. Right. But, uh, mm-hmm. but I guess, yeah, um, generally, those, I guess those are the, the things that are important. Uh, mm, right, right. Um, I'm curious then, like for you, you've done, you've done a lot of work and like you mentioned in Japan, often the projects are shorter. So like you're going from mm-hmm. one project to the next. Um, for yourself, like if you you kind of briefly mentioned like your interest in music before, like if you had, you know, freedom or if you could like team up with some people, like, is there some particular interest or like some particular project that like you think all this would be really cool to work on in the future? Or, you know, this would be a dream. Like if I could get together with a few people or like, if you had this big budget, is there like a few kind of like, dream projects going on in your head like maybe related to music or like a feature film or um what what's kind of uh your thoughts on stuff like that um yeah i mean i think music is is definitely yeah i like music and uh i like uh, working i think it's it's a yeah there's a lot of freedom um making a music video for example um, but I, I guess I don't personally, uh, necessarily look for those projects, uh, because I generally am contacted by a director or, or and so on. So, but I mean, yeah, I, I haven't so far, but I'm, I mean, of course I might, but, uh, um, so I haven't really thought about it. Of course there's music that I like and that I would be like to, or, or certain, uh, I guess it's not just only about liking the music. It's also about seeing what visually could go well with it and who that could complement it. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm definitely interested in it, but I haven't really thought about it that much about something I would like to do or someone I w- would like to work with or anything. But, uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I guess in terms of, um, um, I, I did shoot a feature fi- feature film in in December, um, a Japanese mm-hmm. feature film, um, um, pretty pretty small um, um, independent feature film, which was really fun, and that was 
that was it was a the shoot was only 11 days which is very short for a feature film but yeah. the um, the whole process was uh, you know it's quite long the the before and after it's it's over months and months right so mm. um those are that that's sort of the longer projects project that i've done recently mm-hmm. um and yeah that that's that's a lot of a lot of fun it's very very tough but um it's very fun to to work on some something like that um and i have other projects that might that are um in the works um that might happen you know in, in this year or next year so mm-hmm. um that that's very exciting it's it's a big commitment uh, whenever you work on those because it's um yeah it's a lot of work and a lot of uh, mental focus uh so but yeah it's it's great um mm. but it's um it's definitely it's it's very exciting Mm, yeah yeah it does sound like there's a lot of different opportunities and you know you could go a whole bunch of different routes um i guess sort of in line with that as well um do you have you know you've been in you've been in the industry a little while now you know certainly over 10 years um 15 years do you have do you have some goals <laughs> 10 years okay just around 10 years yeah <laughs> right 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 yeah. um do, do you have like some goals or like in terms of like um things that you have like maybe set that you'd like to accomplish one day or like are you are you fine working in the japanese industry for the foreseeable future would you like to try out maybe the french industry again or uh, the American industry, uh, have you like ever thought about, you know, um, mixing it up with things like that? Uh, at the moment, not really. I mean, I, I have, I see things that are, um, that can happen here, uh, at the moment. So I'm not, I'm not really thinking too long term. but, uh, uh, at the moment I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with, um, with what's going on where I am right now. Uh, but of course I would be open to, to trying different things. And maybe in a few years I might want to go somewhere else. I don't know, but, um, um, I don't know. Uh, right now I'm, uh, I don't really have any plans to move away from here or work. I mean, be based somewhere different than here, um, mm-hmm. at the moment. But, uh, I mean, I've known, people who who they've reached a point where they wanted to go somewhere else so i can i can i can see how that happens people who've been here for 10 years or something and then um they decide to go somewhere else um i uh, it's possible that that will happen I, it, it hasn't happened right now so uh, mm-hmm. right now I'm, I'm staying here sure sure yeah i mean i can mm-hmm. relate myself having been here like 13 years um yeah. it, is there is there something like you can say or like you could place, you know, like what's, what's sort of kept you, um, kept you content and challenged you and what's kept your passion going for, you know, the six years plus you've been living and working in Japan? Like what, what are the things that, um, have really connected with you here? Um, 
I think there's been uh, enough of a supply of uh, new things. Um, of course, it's not everything is not 100% exciting, but uh, you know, as long as you you always have new things that are exciting uh, coming in. I think I I, I mean I, I can only speculate, but I imagine those people who who end up leaving here or moving from another from where, wherever they are, uh, I imagine it's those there's uh, that supply gets lower for their particular <laughs> desire. I imagine that's what happens. And I guess right uh, since I've been here, there's been new things all the time. So I haven't really felt like like uh, there's like there's no no future here yet. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I guess you're speaking both both to your professional and personal life in that aspect then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I really missed, uh, like, I guess it was hard being here during the, the COVID, mm. um, during the pandemic, um, because you couldn't travel. That was hard. So I, I like to travel and I guess being here for without leaving for a long time was hard but uh as long as i can travel once in a while i'm i i'm happy to live here sure sure <laughs> yeah no i i hear that and uh can definitely relate to that myself you know being here over 13 years still kind of you know finding new things and uh like little new new perspectives new passions new ways of looking at things so uh I got to thank you uh, for coming on and having a chat, uh, Mikael. Uh, this, is, this is cool. Yeah, I feel like covered a lot in this one. Uh, I just have a couple final questions that I ask every guest, if that's cool. Mm. Yeah, right. So as this is called the Inspiration Pod, uh, they're kind of related to that. So the first one is, uh, what it, what's something or it could be someone... I mean, you don't have to limit it to one, but what's something or someone that has really inspired you uh, in your work or in your life? Something or someone that's given you inspiration? I guess I would say lately, um, my uh, I recently got a son and uh, he has inspired me <laughs> a lot to... Nice. Maybe not. Maybe that's not the the what you were uh, asking for. But uh, I guess he's inspired me to to do good and to uh, yeah to yeah to do good and be good. Uh. <laughs> yeah. No, I I can definitely relate to that. Having two young children myself, and yeah. um, it's a bit of a paradigm shift after you have your children and like you said yeah. uh it does inspire you to do good be good kind of th there's there's always something else to kind of think about um other than yourself right there and there's yeah. this bigger this bigger ideal so yeah i mm. can yeah definitely relate to that as a source of inspiration cool cool right. cool so, uh, yeah, last one then. So I guess on the flip side, um, people see your work 
you know, they see what you've been doing or you're attached to certain projects. What is it, what does it mean then for you, uh, to be an inspiration to other people? I guess, uh, I mean, I, I answered a sort of, a. Uh, a strange answer to the, your previous question. I guess you were more asking about people I work with or something like that. <laughs> but if I would, if I would like, there's people I, I work with or, um, you know, people who I, when I first started working in Paris, who were, uh, who I worked with, who were my, you know, um, seniors, uh, mm-hmm. who, who were, um, very inspirational, uh, just I, because I was, I was going on these big sets and I was, a, I, I was just starting out and, uh, I was very impressed by everything and very, uh, inspired by these people that, uh, that knew much more than I did. And, and so I took in as much as possible as, uh, of what I would see and I would learn from them as much as possible about filmmaking things, but also personal things, how they deal with, uh, how they, how they treat me, how they, um, um, deal with, you know, the pressure that's always there. And that's, those are things that are very difficult on, on certain film shoots. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of urgency all the time. And, and everyone, uh, you, you change a little bit when you're in that, under that pressure. And, but some people were very, I was very impressed by them and very inspired. And so I have Mm. certain people in my mind that I used to work with that I have as a, I think of them sometimes when, when I'm under a lot of pressure, I'm thinking, wow, he, he was under so much pressure and he was so nice to everybody. Like Mm. that's the, like he, he didn't even have to, but, uh, he was just, he just had that attitude and, so I guess I have those things that I strive for. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, of course, if, if, uh, if that happens the other way around, that's, that would be nice. But, uh, so I guess, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's the same thing. I try to do, do well and, and do good. And hopefully, uh, I mean, uh, maybe someone appreciates it, but yeah. <laughs> Cool, man. Um, yeah. I gotta, yeah, I gotta thank you once again for coming on and chatting with me today and, uh, you know, giving some advice, sharing some, uh, words of wisdom for the people. If, uh, if someone wants to like keep up with some of your projects and your work, what are, what are some of the places, uh, that people can see what you're up to? Um, the best place would probably be my website, uh, which is my name, M I K A E L S E N N I N G E.com. Um, and there's links to, uh, Instagram and things like that on that, on that website. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. We'll put the link to that. So you got your website. Um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll be keeping up with you, man, seeing what you're doing. So good luck in the future. Thank you very much, James. Thank you for having me. That was a really interesting one for me, being quite interested in film myself. Mikhail, as you can see, is a real pro. Go check out some of his work on his website. That's all for today's episode. Once again, I'm extremely thankful 
to everyone that takes the time to listen in and enjoy what we're doing with the podcast. Come drop us a line. We are at ADSR pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, as always, stay inspired.